Welcome to Seven Days to Play, your weekly mobile game review program. I am Edwin. And I'm Sam. For the past seven days, I have chosen Edwin to play BTS World. Remind me what BTS stands for again. Bang Tan Sonyo Tang. Something like that. It means the Bang Tang, which I, I don't know. I'm oh, sorry, I didn't mean to quiz you on the spot there. <laughs> it's like the Bang Tang Boys. <laughs> oh, Okay. <laughs> Uh, that being a area, a geographic area. You know, I'm not 100% sure. Hmm. It, uh, I think it might. Mm. You're, you're, you're okay. ousting me here on my Korean capabilities. Oh, I'm sorry. So the group name BTS stands for Korean expression, Pangtan Sonyodan, which mean, literally meaning bulletproof Boy Scouts. <laughs> Yeah, so Pangtan wow. means like, it means just like a shield. So I didn't realize it meant like bulletproof. The group have announced a switch to the name Beyond the Scene. Because mm. Be- I was kind of hoping it would be Beyond the Sea. But they're all mermaids, all <laughs> mermen. Uh, which helpfully doubles as a different version of the acronym BTS. Thank you, Time Magazine, for pointing that out. The reasoning why they're called the Bulletproof Boys it's the group desires to block out stereotypes, criticisms, and expectations that aim on adolescence like bullets. Okay, okay. Yeah. Or they uh, just really like Tarantino movies? I guess. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, that's Death Proof, sorry. <laughs> oh, that joke would have worked. Did the name been right? Okay. So, like, the, the S part, the Sonyodan, hmm. it essentially means, like, um, group of boys, right? It doesn't necessarily mean Boy Scout. But it's like a term that's used for boy bands. Um, also in Japan, um, in Japan it's like shonen dan, right? So a lot of boy bands sort of add that little word at the end of whatever name they are. What well, educational podcast we this have here? This is a game dedicated to BTS made by Nerdmobile, which is a big Korean game company uh, known to make like you know MMO RPGs, mem- the Mamorpagus of mm. the mobile world. My favorite dinosaur. And they're actually a pretty established game company. And I'm sure this was a big project for them. Uh, and this, I think, was co-made by Big Hit, which is the label or publishers behind BTS. Mm. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're the multinational corporation that runs the entire show. Uh, I think Big Hit is actually a little bit different. So it's not like a conglomerate like other companies or other labels like they are in Korea. This is, I think it might just be strictly music. They might be branching out to like movies now, but yeah. And games, apparently. And now games. Well, Sam, where to start? Okay. We should start at the beginning, I suppose. So, I feel like we need to be very sensitive about the fact that BTS is well-loved. Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) The BTS band? Nope, the BTS, what are they called? Army. Army. Bulletproof Army. Uh, wouldn't that be a thing? Right. I don't know if this game is popular with them. It has to be, right? Well, I have been doing some research, which you may be surprised to hear. <laughs> BTS is, this is on Teen Vogue, who are doing surprisingly good work these days. Uh, BTS's virtual rudeness in BTS world is making armies want to quit being their manager. Mm. I swear if I hear... Yungi say he doesn't like the name Bangtang Boys one more time. Something, something. Mm. Um, 
BTS are so rude and mean in the game. I will throw you all out. And where... Okay, now that just degenerates into things I don't understand. But apparently... They're not are they mean it. in the game? Right, so... I mean, I'll speak to everyone, but... So I think we can now go into the, the plot or the story of the game or like what, what's actually happening in the game. What is happening in the game? So this is also a little bit difficult for me to explain since it's been a while since I've played the game. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so as far as, as far as I've played it, you are, uh, you first start off as a fan that's going to watch BTS. Oh, you have your concert ticket stub. Yeah, there's cinematics involved. There's full motion video that plays. Um, and you're sort of in first person and you're going to watch the latest BTS concert, right? You're making your way over there on either like, I, I don't remember, it's like a skateboard or maybe your, your scooter or electric scooter. They might have those in Korea now. Not sure, probably do. And you hit someone or something and you fall, take a tumble. Ah, uh, yeah. Yes, right? great memory, Sam. And you notice something happening. Uh, you see the sign to the stadium, which your concert's going to play. But then all of a sudden, rather than showing all of the BTS boys, <gasps> what happens? Only one is now showing. Uh, and you're sort of wondering, like, what happened? Like, why is it only this person? Uh, you look at your ticket and the ticket has also sort of shifted around. There's like this magic little glitter spells that occur yeah with little twinkling sounds and all of a sudden you realize that there's only one person on the ticket stub as well as the rest of the bts boys sort of disappear from your ticket stub Mm -hmm. and strange world we're in right and there's something like there's like little flashbacks that happen there are little time there's like you hear that rewinding time (laughs) right and what's happening is that you're now in 2012 when apparently like the bt has have formed together during that time and you go backstage to the concert that you just watched and of this one person that's a part of the the bts band boys band boys boys band (laughs) the boys band yeah and you approach him and he's like oh you must be the the new person from big hit and you're like, uh, I guess. And you look at yourself and apparently you have like a, an ID that says like you're the manager. You're like the new manager of this new group that's about to start up. And your objective from here on out is to try and get each one of the BTS boys to sign the contract for BTS. Right. Which in itself is also slightly strange. Right. As a setup, like... Like, oh, I'm working for a large corporation to get artists to sign away their... It's not that nefarious. Oh, it's just weird. Yeah. yeah well, it's, it's, it's not, obviously, it's not presented as nefarious. Right. Um, it is, I was like, oh, you must get them to sign the contract. It's That's more the like aim of the game. The, oh, the feeling that I got is that you are assembling the Avengers. Mm. Yeah. Right? Like, all these people have... Your sig- Nick Fury. Significant, exactly. And you have to get... Chris Without Rock the to sign patch. a not Chris Rock. <laughs> I would love to watch that Avengers. Yes. <laughs> Chris Evans to sign his contracts. Right. You got to get. You got to Captain you know, America. Actually, you first start with Robert Downey Jr. Get right. that person to sign up because he's going to be instrumental in getting the other people signed up. 
Uh, but yeah, that's essentially the thing. So you go through, you approach the first person who's already signed up for this thing, but the, he needs like extra convincing. And so you play a series of these little mini games that allows you to... I would say not a game. <laughs> proceed with the story. Yeah, totally not a game. Um, and as you unlock each level, there's usually going to be like a little bit of dialogue from the person or little movie clips. And I, I can't tell if these movie clips were created in 2012 and sort of like repurposed for the game, you know, like cleaned up. Oh, or if they're imagine. all like reshot. Right. I mean, like, so if this yeah. game was made by Richard Linklater, <laughs> <laughs> he would have made it in 2012, then stored away the archives. And it was that I imagine this was all shot last year and they've just made them look younger or. Right. I mean, they're not that much younger. I mean, considering this is only like, what, six or seven years ago, right? I mean, how different did you look seven years ago? Pretty much the same. (laughs) (laughs) And that's essentially the game. So you do have multiple levels that you proceed forward with, right? And each level sort of attempts you to do something differently. And it's like uh, very dialogue based. I would say there's like the games that's actually hiding underneath the lengthy... It's essentially a clicker. You're just clicking through the dialogue, right. trying to get past the, you know, you largely have nothing to actually do. You're kind of reading dialogue. You're seeing pictures of pretty boys and there's some music playing. But suddenly, oh, there is, in Disperse that, there are some levels where the game is a kind of a game, which is top trumps. Confession. Mm-hmm. Sam. I did not get to those parts. You did not? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why you will never be in the BTS army. Uh, I am on level 13, and I've just assembled some number of BTS. Oh, oh no. yeah. Oh. Your tickets seem pretty full there. Yeah. It's a card collecting game. It is a really. card collecting game. Yeah. yeah, so you collect your cards. Each member has different abilities and strengths and weaknesses. So you have energy, which is wings. Uh, so you can only play so many without having to recharge. For each sort of card matching game... There's like certain skills that you need to beat the score of. Uh, this one I'm playing right now, empathy and passion. Mm. That's what I require. So I shall use four wings to start. And then out of all of my boys... Um, who has the most empathy? Who has the most empathy? Well, I'll tell you. It is... Do, 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 calculating. Uh, John Cook. So you, you get to so play him. And then I also need passion. <laughs> um, the tastiest of fruit uh, i'm gonna play jimin okay all right and then you press okay and then this part is kind of obtuse to me how they calculate numbers numbers get calculated somehow with some power-ups and bonuses right you need to get a certain score which you do and then hurrah you clear the level that's that's the kind of game right so there is an aspect of it where you're collecting there is an aspect of it where you are playing, I guess, stats per stats, top trump style. Yeah. Do Americans know what top trumps are? Um, maybe not. Like, I'm familiar with it because I You're such an anglophile. Like a quasi... <laughs> You're a scholar of British culture <laughs> from the 90s, as we have well established. But yeah, like, so top trumps would be a deck of cards with a topic at hand. Mm-hmm. And each card represents one specific thing about that topic. So an example would be like... I had Transformers maybe when I was a kid. I had supercars. Mm, yeah. So it was like, okay, the the Blue Angel, which is like an American-made car, has a top speed of, you know, 
120 miles per hour or something like that, right? 200 miles per hour. And then another card, and there'd be like five other stats or something like that. It'd be like body length. It'd be uh, wheel width or something like that, <laughs> right? Very important to call, yep. And you essentially play against one other person. You split up the deck. So you have one set of cards and the other person has another set of cards. And then you would essentially say stuff like, whoever has the higher speed, and then you flip over your top cards together. Uh, and then wh- whichever person has a higher speed for that car would then take your card and put it in their pile. And so, and then at the end, the person with the most cards wins. Ka-jing. I feel like we went off a long tangent on <laughs> describing top trumps. Okay. We'll put a link to the Wikipedia, <laughs> but that is largely here. You're just, you're right. bat- your stats, stats battling, yep. stats stilling, Stat- stattling, Staddle. Stabattle. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Jimin's calling me. So I just need to take this right <laughs> now. There's a cat outside. There is a cat outside. Oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, this is the first time this game made me laugh. Cat noises. This is my response. Are your text notification sound set to cat noises? <laughs> That's actually a pretty good one. Ah, that's not what I'm saying. I'm going to go to the dog, but the dog is not a There's a big what? There's an enormous... Apple tree? Yes. <laughs> that was not what I was expecting, but okay. Uh, okay, anyway. Uh, we just will stop quizzing Sam on his Korean. <laughs> Live on air. Um, Sam, how far did you get? Oh, I did not get and far. And remember, fans, this was Sam's pick. A choice selection. Uh, you know, <laughs> I actually don't have it installed on this phone. <laughs> I have it installed on my iPad. Ah, okay. Because you want the big big screen to see <laughs> <Right>. your boys. <laughs> yeah, I get it. Uh, I think I got to like level three. Gotcha. Just Jimin. I'm trying to make a podcast here. Yes, I know you found a big apple tree, but you're gonna have to wait. Uh, I got to well, apparently level 14 now. Well, actually, I think I just got um uh, ready for 15, which sadly I can tell from the icon is a video playback storytelling level. Where yes, I am just tapping the screen trying to get past it. <laughs> Let's get to the three by three. Get to the three by threes. Oh. Dear BTS. I mean, it is undoubtedly cute and polished. Yeah. Hate to say it, yeah, but it is a super polished game with no faults in terms of UX and UI. You know where everything is. The the photography and placement of the text is like pretty immaculate, right? Like yeah. you see these the faces of the beautiful boys pretty well on the screen. And, and there's like this nice little pseudo interaction where it's like you can see text messages and you can see your phone and all that stuff, which they do fairly well, right? It feels like uh, you're kind of, I guess, you're, you're in charge of a person and it kind of feels that way. And, and the, the interface makes it possible for that. I mean, I was going to say kind of interesting to go back in time. I mean, the, the concept, oh, you go back in time and you have to build your favorite boy band. It is a little back to the future. Yeah. I mean, I kind of like that. Yeah. 
I think when I first read that, I was like, oh, okay, this is interesting. I had high hopes. I think it's a really interesting way to sort of marry, uh, like, what fans would be interested about a, about a, about a band. Like, let's say you weren't a well, that's kind of your dream, BTS. right? Yes, is like, oh, finding them before they were famous. Right. Or like getting to know them and understand their personalities. Yeah. Right? Like if you weren't a fan or if you just wanted to kind of know about these people and like why they're so big, this is a great game to find out their personalities, right? Or the crafted personalities this, uh, that a multinational corporation <laughs> has made for them. Yes. Yeah. Um, I mean, unsurprisingly, not a game for me, I'm mm. going to say. Not even sure it's technically a game there, well yeah you know. one more thing maybe maybe one more thing that i can add is that the concept is pretty unique like i don't think i've really experienced a game that marries quasi gameplay elements mm. a bit of storytelling and like you know increasing fandom or for uh, an artist or a band or a movie yeah right so i guess like the equivalent of this would be something like those marvel games where you have to collect the cards but because like the illustrations or like the art styles is always so detached from like the movies or like other franchises, it never really hits one to one. Whereas in this, it's like it's literally these people that did photo shoots for this and like they're the ones that are talking. It's their voice. So there's something really intimate about that that I feel that I felt was like unique yeah. and yeah. no one else has really done. Maybe no one maybe maybe they've done it in Korea before, but that was gonna be sort of one of my bad points, is right. that like it's essentially corporation sponsored fanfic mm. kind of the self insert like ah oh, i can be bts and i can be their manager uh kind of used yeah to profit from the fans there is something that feels a little bit exploitative about these personalities right like because let's say like these are their actual personalities and this is them that's a lot of like intrusion of them to be represented into this game do you know what i mean like it's like and it's like, they're, it's their real names. Hmm. Yeah. Right? It's like, if, if you think about like, um, who's a very private person that's an actor? Uh, Joaquin Phoenix. Okay. <laughs> right? Great. It's like, let's say there is this game that's all about like Joaquin Phoenix. And it's like, just essentially his personality, his voice and his like, you know, videos of him on a game. <laughs> It'd be super <laughs> odd. Right? Right. Especially to Joaquin Phoenix. He'd be furious about the whole thing. Right. Since we kind of transitioned to the bad points, gameplay is a little, uh, well, lacking for me. Yeah. Like, as much as I enjoy looking at pictures of pretty men, despite that, uh, just tapping through the kind of endless cutscenes, and I mean, the story is pretty weak, the dialogue, mm. uh, admittedly translated from English, or yeah, translated to English, probably loses something in translation, but still, I mean, the character you play is kind of an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Which frustrated me a little bit. Right. <laughs> I mean, I can, I can completely tell from that. Yeah. Is, do you have a ringtone after cat sounds? <laughs> okay, I mean, that was a pretty good rinse. <laughs> I would say a lot of the cultural stuff probably doesn't translate properly, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah. they, people are generally a lot more, I guess, passive. That might be construed as dumb. Yeah. <laughs> Right. So, yeah, I think I think it might be challenges in like the language and how it's translated over to English. But having said that, in terms of language and culture, it was really refreshing for me to to play a game that was in complete Korean uh, with like Korean sounds. Yeah. Yeah. I would just like to have seen a little bit more game. Yeah. 
<laughs> to no one's surprise, if you've ever listened to the show before, I'm all about all about the game, not so much about the story. But for know. me, I thought the story would actually carry me through this. Yeah, I thought like Sam would be totally into this. Yeah, but for some reason, like it just wasn't a compelling thing for me. I think what really turned me off was in the beginning. It asks you your age. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, and you can't skip it or anything. Uh, and I, I don't know. It's just like it kind of felt me made me feel like a like an old voyeur to this like young world and that because of that like i think it totally colored my view of like what this game was supposed to be like i felt like uh yeah like an intruder sort of peeking into this game not necessarily as me playing it mm-hmm. uh okay sam what is your final ratings of seven days oh boy oh boy it was two days mm. okay even so yeah i kind of thought like there would be more um it's super polished. There's a big story element. I don't know. Like I might, I might revisit it because I, I do feel like I owe it to myself to get yeah. the band together. That's true. They, they need you, Sam. I mean, uh, do you listen to BTS? I do listen Outside. to some BTS songs. Yeah, yeah they're great. Yeah. Um, but I think it's also because I don't really know the people, even though I enjoy their sure. music. And well, I think once you get to a certain age, uh, <laughs> dare you say, the music becomes a little bit more important than. Right. The person behind that, maybe. And I guess like... Certainly for like pop music, maybe. Right. And I guess like that was one of the reasons why it kind of turned me off because I don't really need... I don't feel a need to know these people. You don't know more about sugar. (laughs) Very high academic rating is what I've learned. He's a smart boy. Yeah, I I don't know. I give a fair rinse. I would say three three or four days. Mm. But maybe I'm done. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. It yeah. just isn't for you. I, I that's what I felt like. I felt like this is a this is potentially a good game. I mean, I think we should admit we are not the target audience for this right. game. Um, I would recommend people who you know who like the fandom of BTS who enjoy it to do check it out because it's it's free and it's a well polished quote unquote game. Mm. But it just wasn't my bag, baby. <laughs> and you love Austin Powers. <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, it's up to me now to select a game. Uh, Sam, bring your dream hammer and dream nails because you are building your dream zoo. Mm. Do you need hammer and nails in a zoo building? I don't know. We'll find out. Pretty sure you need some sort of hammer and nails. Great. It's the universal tool. For the next seven days, we shall be playing Wildscapes. Wildscapes. Is this from the makers of Gardenscapes? Um, uh, from Homescapes. Homescapes, right. Apparently. Uh, and I def- definitely did not just do what's trending in the iTunes search results. Welcome to Wildscapes. Create your dream zoo with dozens of adorable animals by solving colorful puzzles. Build spacious enclosures for animals. Mm. Zoos are known for their spacious enclosures. And make your zoo visitor-friendly with cafes, fountains, playgrounds, hangout spots, and more. Learn about species from all over the world. And create the best zoo ever. Ready for a wild ride? Then hop on. So this is devolved into madness. Um, There's a whole bunch of great game features. Beat match three levels to restore the zoo. Match juicy and fruity items. Ooh... To complete unique tasks. Mm, it sounds like it may have been a match three game. Wildscapes is free to play. Though some in-game items can also be purchased for real money. Wildscapes. 
Wildscapes. Free downloads uh, made by Playrix. All right. I'm looking forward to it. Says Sam every week. <laughs> Before we go, things of the week. Friend of the show, Drew Peterson, FOTPTP for long-time listeners, uh, recommended a podcast episode to me, which I am now going to recommend to you. I have listened to it. Oh, I thought you were saying to me. Yes. Not to you, our listener. I thought you were looking at me. That was kind to of confusing. All. I recommend to all. Uh, there's an episode of the podcast called Built to Play, and it's called The Cloning Engine, where they interview your friend and mine, nope, not my friend or yours, Ben Esposito, but creator, he has played some games. Right. Creator of, of Donut County. Mm, yes. Largely based around one of the big problems with indie gaming is that you're a small game studio, you take a bunch of time. It takes you a long time to put out games. Mm-hmm. Then these large multinational corporations, your catch apps, yep. your virtual... Voodoos. Po- voodoo, that's the one. Uh, can then just crank out a poorly made imitation game two weeks yeah yeah uh and kind of steal your idea yeah uh it's a very interesting episode so check it out they kind of delve into like how voodoo does this there's a bunch of interesting behind the scenes stuff of you know they kind of release dozens of uh, dozens of new games a month right kind of in a small like to a test audience and see which ones do well and then the ones that do well they kind of polish up and then push out which so, is like quite fascinating from like a data science insights point of view of like, well, it's kind of an interesting way of doing it. Totally. But- and that's what I felt with like this episode is super insightful. And like not only it didn't really paint voodoo at, in a bad way, which I think most podcasts or like subjects that would do this would immediately do that beyond the side of the indie game developer, which I think they should. Right. Yeah. Um, but they really took their time and explained like, what voodoo is exactly doing and they actually check out the game, you know, note the differences and like the similarities between the two. Of course it's bad and it's definitely cloned, but they were saying like, there are enough elements here where, you know, it, it has its own thing. It might not be a fun game, but it does its own thing. Right. So, and also go into the nature of like what exactly voodoo is doing as like a game developer. Right. Which also has like its benefits. So I thought that aspect was like super interesting. I think I'd also recommend an article that you've shared with me before where the maker of threes did like a whole breakdown of the development process, right. uh, thinking behind it, because he was that was also a victim or that idea was also stolen by Voodoo. I was it, think, well, it wasn't Voodoo, well, it was someone Voodoo else. Voodoo eventually took it um, as one of their games. But yeah, like 2048, which I think more people know now than threes, which yeah. is unfortunate. Yeah. But it's like a direct ripoff of the threes game from Asher Vollmer. Yeah, but that's a great write up. Very long article, but yeah, it's more about like the documentation of their emails, like what they started with, just showing all the work that they actually went through yeah. in producing the game. It's super insightful and yeah. like really fun to read. And that makes you feel bad that then two Yahoo's get in front of a microphone and rip a game apart. Yeah. <laughs> Who would do such a thing? <laughs> But if you have 30 minutes spare, I would certainly recommend checking out this episode if you're interested in game design and mobile games in general, which if you're listening to the show, yeah. you probably hate mobile games like probably. us. Probably. <laughs> you know, don't listen to any other podcast about mobile gaming except for our show. Um, so I'm going to note one more. I was, that was actually going to be one of my Aha, gotcha. things of the week. Uh, but I'm my other thing of the week is actually another thing that you recommended. Oh boy, look at me go! Mind Hunter. Aha, aha. So I wrapped up 
season one. I am in the middle of season two. It's a very good show. Right, for a show that's largely just people sitting around rooms talking, it's incredibly captivating. It's incredibly captivating. And they don't even show that many, like, you know, it's a, it's a show about serial killers and developing the behavioral science unit within the FBI that profiles these serial killers. Um, it doesn't actually show a lot of serial killing. <laughs> no, not at all. Uh, yeah, very little violence. But the structure of the show is just so immaculately done where... And the pacing and the dialogue is just so... The word that I really want to use is delicious. Like, everything about it is so delicious. Like, the pacing is perfect. The things they say are also, I feel, so perfect. Like, so to their character. Very eloquent. Yeah, and, like, the things that really stand out to me about this show is each character's voice is so unique. And it really, like, the the tone of their voice really depicts their character. In like the best way, and this goes from like the three main characters in the show to the serial killers. It's just such a well done show. The premise is that as they're building out this behavioral science unit, which is sort of the developing idea of how you study the criminal mind, they go and interview serial killers to try and gain psychological insights, uh, with the hope that they can, un- by understanding these people, they can try and prevent or at least solve more crimes right. using those skills. So mm. that's, yeah. So it's kind of based on a true story. The serial killers are based on real people and right. use the same names as real serial killers. But the cops and the people in Quantico are all fictional. Gotcha. Is my understanding. Yeah, yeah. I was really surprised when they were talking about the BTK st- uh, killer, which very sounds very similar to BTS. <laughs> yes. And I just, I was trying to look up BTS killer on about BTK. the show. Oh yeah, BTK killer on the sh- about the show. Like to just to get more information about this fictional mm-hmm. character, and then comes up a Wikipedia entry of the real R- person. Z- yep, and something. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, how much time have you spent on Serial Killer Wiki? Yeah, a lot. That's a lot. Like it's uh, yeah, it's kind of more. Re- the show is a lot more rewarding if you do a bit of research first. Right. So yeah, like a BTK uh, Edmund Kemper. Um, Charles Manson, Richard Speck, Richard Speck. There's a yeah. very disturbing video of him uh, just chatting in prison from the 80s. Oh boy! I think they played to Max on Dubai Friday, and that was one of the funniest things that's happened on that show. Because <laughs> apparently, yeah, he went under some sort of uh, gender transition, mm. and so he's just sitting out with big boobies talking about murdering people. It's very upsetting, <laughs> but it's amusing to listen to Max's reaction on the <laughs> Dubai Friday to that. <laughs> um. And yeah, fantastic yeah. show. So I can't Oh, the wait. Atlanta child murders, which I believe is what the second season focuses on as well. Right. So. And that's currently what I'm focused on right now. Yeah, they do I haven't quick... looked up anything about it because I don't want any spoilers in a way. <laughs> yeah, it's tricky because it's, I mean, it's all real. Yeah. It's all based on things that have actually happened. So, I mean. But my recollection of yeah. recent American history is non-existent. Mm. But at the same time, they do not spoon feed you things, so you kind of need to do your research. Yeah, that's true. To find out who it is. Like, pretty much for the whole of the first season, if you didn't know that BTK Killer was in Park City, Kansas in mm. the like uh, mid 70s, you'd have, like, why is there this weird vignette at the beginning right. of the episode? Yeah. Yeah. And I thought that was super interesting as well. Like, it's. Yeah. Th- that's what I mean by, like, the pacing of the show. Yeah, it's just, great. like, so immaculately done. Because then it's sort of like you realize, because when I saw BTK Killer Wiki, 
the the actual person looks like the casting is great yeah and that what made me connect that these were the same people mm. and i was just like my mind was blown and yeah, <laughs> yeah it's just super well done and the last bit of trivia that i think i know is that uh for edmund kemper's a lot of his interview lines were lifted from the actual recordings right. of of him in the 70s i think he's a very prolific uh Right. Voiceover reader. And so mm. a lot of the books that you find <clears throat> on Audible are actually read by Ed Kemper. You can find them. It's wow. it's, it's creepy. Yeah. Um, but that was like a little tidbit that I read on an article like post Mind Hunter season one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine like enjoying this audiobook? Right. Oh. And it's from this like yeah. serial killer that <laughs> brutally murdered people. I don't know how I feel about that. Right? I don't know either. That's a conversation for another day. Right. Because that, ladies and gentlemen, is our show. Sam, you have seven days to play Wildscapes. Wildscapes. Sounds Build like your a, dream zoo. Sounds like an exotic bar. A little tiki bar, maybe? No. Oh. Like, oh. You know, like a nudie bar. Oh, a nudie bar. I see. <laughs> Wildscapes. I'm so innocent. Gentlemen only. <laughs> Free buffet. Steak dinner. Avoid the shrimp. If you want to tweet us, you can at Seven Days to Play. And follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Seven Days to Play. Why? Just do it. Net Marble. Seven Days to Play.